Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Second Helpings. I am Pastor Zach, joined by Pastor Eric today, who, in a weird change of events, will be able to drill me about my message because I preached this past Sunday. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe this will just be a really short episode, so I don't have to uh, to speak up too much. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, at the end of last episode, you gave me a hard time about bringing up Revelation. And then what do you do? You're like, hey, let's just go right into the middle of Romans. Why not just jump in right there? I mean, if you're going to so, go for it, go for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah, you jumped into Romans 12, 1 and 2. Yep. Uh, walk us through why why do that? Why jump in right there? All right. So, yeah, when we when these dates came open um, and we were, that's kind of what happens is we have some dates come open the pastors are allowed to pick. I, uh, I immediately grabbed one and I thought, I want to do this because I want people to be happy. And that might not seem like the most obvious thing, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, not just because of the the recent changes of events in the world we've had, but just after you know twenty plus years of ministry, um, people are frequently not happy. People are uh, loving the Lord, you know, like growing, but it seems like you know uh, world gets to be con- confusing, and life bogs us down, and there's so much joy to be had. But I mean, even just just happy, like that sense of it. And I thought, well, man, I've made, I'm a much happier person than I was when I was 14, 15 years old for sure, but um, than I was when I was 20 years old. And what is it? What is it that's happened in my life that has made that possible? It's not me. It's not something I've done. It's the better understanding of who the Lord is and how that's become more central in my life. And as the desire for seeing who he is, experiencing who he is, has grown. My desire for the world has kind of lessened. Not kind of lessened, has lessened greatly. And I started thinking about where are places where you could go to to help people kind of understand this. And man, this pivot point in Romans, you know, like this is Paul's whole point of this. This is one of the things I think people miss in the book of Romans. Um, it, again, there was so much stuff that could have been said, and I only have what, 35 minutes? I think I might've stayed under 35 minutes. I don't know. I didn't watch. That's pretty close. Um, I don't like people to watch when I preach. (laughs) I don't like the clock. watch. People who haven't preached before don't know about the clock here, right? (laughs) The dreaded clock. (laughs) Um, But anyway, one of the things that I was thinking about was people think about Romans, they think theology. Mm. And it is. It is a great theological masterpiece. But in Paul's mind, when he was writing this book, he was thinking worship. That's why he starts with in Romans 1, where he's talking about this idea that they're worshiping the wrong thing. And when he gets to 12 here, he's talking about worship. This is the pinnacle of the greatest book maybe ever written. And the idea is presenting yourself as worship to God. And I think that is so, for me, it's been so critical and essential to why in general, I'm a pretty happy person. Um, and I don't mean that like, uh, some people might think that's funny, actually, if you know me really well, (laughs) I seem like I'm complaining a lot probably. Um, but the world doesn't kind of trip me up that much because it doesn't really have that much of a hold over me anymore. The Lord's helped me to learn to, to die to it. Um, and it just doesn't entice me the way that it used to. 
Uh, now I'm still working on the proactive part of obviously being a living sacrifice. That's a daily thing. But in that sense of where the world has died and the Lord has been magnified, there's a t-shirt, um, the happiness has come to be more. And, and I'm not saying that the life is supposed to be happy, go lucky, but I do want to kind of, I do kind of want to buck against the trend of making happiness not look like, like something we should have. We have joy mm -hmm. and joy should also manifest itself in happiness at times. Um, so anyway, that was kind of the main thrust of it. And then I did contextualize. As soon as I thought about this verse, I thought about it first, like how to convey that meaning. And then as soon as you think about Romans 12, one and two, you can't not think about the world we live in, the Twitter verse right. and this, you know, and right. whether or not it be social media or the interactions we have with one another. Um, unfortunately, hearing about close relationships that are falling apart because of the current things that are going in the world. I thought, you know, you, ha you have to be able to look at this and think, where do I stand? Have I left the world behind in the sense that I'm obviously still living in the world, but have I left its entanglements and my desires for it behind? And am I pursuing the Lord? Am I pursuing laying my life down for his glory? And then, I mean, that dog will hunt all day with where we're living. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think you, you know, going into Romans 12, um, helping us think about how to engage in the world. I mean, Paul rightly spends like 11 chapters <laughs> laying out all this stuff knowing that the theology doesn't stop there. Yeah. It produces doxology, yep. you know, worship. Um, but how we live must be based on the mercies of Christ yeah. in our life. Yeah. You know, so him talking about because of the mercies of God in your life, let that inform now how you're going to go out and live. Yeah. And if we don't do that, we go out and live with the, the wrong mindset. Yeah. And we set ourselves up only to be disappointed exactly. and dissatisfied yep. because it's maybe not coming from a place of, oh, because of God's mercies to me, yeah. I'm now going to live in such a way. Um, and as I do that, finding my happiness. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I'm, and I'm making a statement here that's kind of a bold statement that Romans is a worship book. And you could go, well, Paul doesn't talk a lot about that. It's really only in these few verses right here, really these three or four verses where he's talking about that as a sense of how you're to react. But it's exactly what you're saying. He's leading all up to this point that he's going to make. And then on the back end of it, he's trailing off, starting to talk about how do you live in this world? Mm -hmm. um, and if you, I mean, you go on through 12, 13, 14, beginning of 15, he is really kind of brass tacks and saying things that, if you think about them, aren't very popular, like submitting to the governing authorities, um, being humble before one another, um, these kind of things that would have been a popular thought. He's getting very practical, but now it's in the context of that's how you offer worship unto the Lord, mm -hmm. by how you do that. And man, that's a, it's, it's easy. And I think I might've said this in the message, it's simple right on its face, right? Like it's, it's not complex. But it doesn't mean it's easy in the way right. that the execution That's is because, yeah, like even something like government right now, you think about that, not to, you know, talk about something that will blow up the comment section, but the idea that we think about how are we to interact with government, you might have different opinions about how that is, but if they're not informed by the mercies of God and how you're supposed to respond and worship to that, you're wrong. Right, you're already, you're already starting from the wrong place. Yeah. Right. And that's what he's telling you. That's the, 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 all these things that follow after that, after 12.2. When he says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He's telling you how to be transformed. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, whether or not it be government, whether or not it be relationship, it does not start probably where you think it starts. 
If you're doing it thinking about the world and their mentality and what they're going after and what they're trying to do, he's saying, night night pals, you got to turn that around and you got to think about it according to the good, perfect and pleasing will of God. Yeah. So in verse two, I mean, he's, he kind of makes a juxtaposition between don't be conformed to the world. And then he compares it to being transformed so that you know the will of God, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Yeah. So as we, as we think about that, how to... Uh, you know, how do Christians need to wrestle with, okay, don't be conformed to the world, yeah. but also don't stick my head in the sand yeah. uh, and just ignore everything that's going on. So h- how do we, how do we do that? Yeah. How do we, I think the number one way to do that, and this is, this is, I'm going to say something that's going to require a lot of effort and energy for a lot of us, but is to be informed about Paul's context, which is the complete redemptive work of God throughout history. And Paul's doing this. If you haven't picked up on this when you read Romans, side note, if you haven't read Romans like just straight through, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I've read Romans. But I wonder if you've ever just sat down and read 1 through 16 in a city. It's maybe... If you don't start taking a bunch of notes, maybe it's 40 minutes, you know, if you're a, a, a regular speed reader, do that. Um, it's worth it because you see Paul's context and Paul's talking about the redemptive work of God from creation uh, into what's eventually going to be complete restoration, mm-hmm. right? So the reason I say that is for us to inter- understand how to interact in the world, we have to have that same context. So you need to think back to why did God create this world, right? You're going back to the garden. man. Over and over again, in so many things, you're going back to the garden. Mm. But you go back and you understand God created all of this world um, to display who He is, and then man at the pinnacle of it to be His image bearer, to have dominion over it, to enjoy that role, to enjoy relationship with Him. The intimacy that they had in the garden is crazy to think about. And then that was broken and fallen. And then all through the rest of history, the Lord's been restoring that so generously. And then obviously in the pinnacle of it being fully done in Christ. If I think about the world that I live in through that lens, I cannot stick my head in the ground. Because if part of God's work is to display his glory throughout all of creation, which by the way, I've been given dominion over as an image bearer, I need to carry out that work. And in order to do that to a lost and dying world, I have to engage with them. I have to know what they're dealing with. I have to know what's going on. Um, and I, in a sense, even, I really do have to get into the midst of it to really understand something. But because I'm going in with intention, with the intention of using all that's been made to display God's glory, I engage with the things of the world differently. I don't go in and learn about them for their sake and then think how I'm going to manipulate them for displaying God's glory. No, I'm going in covert or whatever. I've got a mission in mind. I'm getting involved in my politics, my social dynamics, the relationships I got, my workplace. I'm getting involved in all those things for the purpose I was made to carry out, which is displaying his image in this life that he's given me. And that, it's going to work out its its way for different people in different formats. But I really think we can all use that main um, understanding and context to put it into our particular context, whether or not be you're a handyman, um, you're a mother working at home with her children and her husband, whether or not you're, you know, in the school system, you're a business owner. If you're thinking through that context, you can really start figuring out, this is how I apply this. Um, well, it makes a difference when you're operating from a solid purpose. Yes. Then moving out, right? And not, okay, I'm out here doing all these things and all these tasks and things I'm supposed to be doing just yeah. to get by. 
And the next thing you know, you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. 100%. You're just trying to get through. Yeah. And that's misery. It's like that, terrible. You're not going to be happy that's doing right. that. If you are happy, it's on accident and it's fleeting. It's not going to work. And again, the goal is not happiness. Kind of. I mean, in the right place. Yeah, because I mean, the goal is happiness because God created you for that, right? Um, again, and now back to like what Kim was saying in his message a few weeks ago. That doesn't mean happy-go-lucky, whatever, all the time. But there is that. There is parts where you just get that kind of overwhelming joy that produces happiness. But it's because well, I mean, of the purpose. Well, I mean, we read in the New Testament a peace that passes all understanding. Exactly right. Yeah. And so there's a sense where we can say we're happy, yeah. but also acknowledge, man, life is hard. Yeah. And we experience all kind of garbage, but it doesn't mean that there's not this abiding peace and happiness because of who we are yeah. in Christ. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example. My, my dad passed away when he was 50, young. Um, so that's been well, 12, 13 years ago or so now. And my dad was not a believer. Um, the, the, the kind uh, chaplain said that, you know, my dad said a prayer the night before he died, but I, my dad would have come to know the Lord. He would have gotten on the phone at 2 a.m. in the morning and given me a phone call and my mother as well. So no doubt that in my mind that I believe he probably, you know, died without a savior. will spend eternity in hell. Very sad. I'm talking at his funeral and people are sad and we're crying and it's upset. And it's a terrible thing to think about, you know, um, what, depending on no matter the relationship you have with that person, it's sad to think that for an eternity, they're going to suffer through that. That's sad. I was happy, man. Like there was a sense of, of joy. And there was also a sense of genuine happiness and peace. And, and a part of it was the gratitude that how did my greatest example of what a man or my closest example of what a man is wasted his life. Um, but in God's kindness, I was able to find salvation um, that I know what it is to truly not waste my life like he did. And, I, and it's still a sad thing to think about. But even as I talk about it right now, I think about the happiness that attends that. My point being, you're made to experience happiness in a different way than probably what the world talks about, right? I have been around people for years that thought happiness was working until 5.30 on Friday afternoon and then not remember what happens until 6 o'clock on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. That's not. It's fake. They're wrong, right? Be transformed. Don't be conformed to that idea of what it is. Yeah, so thinking about not being conformed. So you put out uh, kind of knowing our purpose yeah. and operating from that. Let's say someone finds themselves and they're like, I don't think I'm operating from that place. And now I've got to train. My thinking has to be transformed. Yeah. What are, what are some things you might say to them? Obviously, there's case by case situations, yeah. but are there some guiding principles you think you would yeah. share? I'm going to say the same thing I say over and over again, but I want to say it in maybe a clearer way. So it doesn't seem like the same thing over and over again. Bible and prayer. And you might just turn off the Don't turn off the video. Just wait. I'm going to tell you why this matters. Don't read your Bible. Maybe I'm saying that just to get a hot take on something. Don't read your Bible the way you read a cereal box. How many carbs do I get in this today? How many you know, grams of sugar are there? It's information. That's not what that book is intended to be. That book is the special revelation of the character and nature of God. It is not. It is not. Feel free to make this a meme if you want to. But it is not basic instructions before leaving Earth. Worst acronym ever. Ah, Burlap to Cashmere. <laughs> That's a great song. Oh, yeah. It is a great song. It's a terrible acronym, right. right? Because what it is, first and foremost, is the revelation of who God is. You engage with that book differently than you do reading a VCR manual. 
for those of you that are under 30 years old, that and was the device you used to watch videos on. Yes, before your phone. Um, but before, it's not reading a manual. It is engaging with it in such a way it's where I'm not just going through my quiet time, I'm not just reading the text and moving on like it didn't mean anything. You are engaging going, what does this tell me about who God is? And if you feel like you stink at that, you might. But this is a great thing about where we live. You can get better at it. You can talk to me about it. You can talk to Eric about it. You can talk to other brothers and sisters about it. You can get tools and resources to do it. And since you're churning yourself away from the world, you got plenty of time. You know how much time you're gonna get back once you, you stop watching like those stupid shows? Yeah, like, you know, it's like, you've got the time to do it. And I understand even what I'm saying now might seem overwhelming to people. But when you have to lose 80 pounds, that seems overwhelming too. But people do it all the time. They just start, right? One body at a time. You get support. You get people to help you. You come up with a plan. You come up with a strategy. You get people to help you with that. And you engage. And we have the body of Christ to help us with that. So I get that might sound like I'm I'm saying, what's? I don't feel like I can do it already. And I just gave you something else you feel like you can't do. What I want to give you is hope to realize you can do this. You just have got to kind of put it out there. And you will find there are tons of people that want to help you. Mm -hmm. Because here's another thing that happens. I get happy and joy out of helping my brothers and sisters do that thing. That's right. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Right? So that's one thing I would say. I would say... So if somebody finds himself and thinking, okay, I got to get back in the Word. I know I should. I mean, a couple of thoughts come to my mind. One, really take to heart that you're not going to this just to figure out what to do this week. Yeah. You're, you're going to this because the living God has revealed himself to you yeah. so you might enjoy him. So even just starting there, we talked about this last week. Yeah. What does this tell me about God? Yep. Who he is? Well, um, what, we see his actions in there. Like, why is he doing these things? You know, uh, And just find joy in knowing more about God. Yeah. And then I think another thing that comes to my mind is start super small. Yeah. Like if, don't immediately think- Don't you gotta, read this book. <laughs> Like, <laughs> don't feel like you've got to start in yep. Genesis and go all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Or don't feel like oh, I've got to I've got to read through a whole thing right now. Yeah. If you're figuring out how to do, like do like a mini habit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to commit to reading one verse today, and that may sound dumb and trite, mm-hmm. but if you commit to like that's an easy thing. I can read one verse today. Yeah. Inevitably, that will turn into two verses. Like you'll go from there, but you're not setting yourself up for. Uh, Pastor Zach said, "I got to go read all Romans yeah, in forty minutes." Exactly right. Read yeah. Romans one one. Yeah, start there. Yeah, you know. Think about the intent behind what is there. Like that's. I think we can get into, and we don't. It's funny. I don't. Twenty years ago, I'd have, I'd have thought about this differently, but I think now in our culture, um, we don't think about why we're doing what we're doing. You can get into a habit and do it for the sake of doing it forever and ever and ever, right? And that's just not how you can treat this. You cannot treat engaging scripture that way. You said something, I don't remember exactly what it was just now, but it triggered me to think in the fact that if you want to know the creator of the universe, he wants you to know him too. And predominantly it's right there. It is designed to show him to you. So I, this is fixed, right? Like I got the winning number to the lotto, right? I, I, know, I know how to make this turn out. This is a triune activity. Yeah. The father wants you to know him. Yeah. He sent his son so that you could know him. And he gave you the spirit so that you can know him. Yeah. Like God is demonstrating in magnificent ways how much he is, wants you to know him. Yeah. So when you feel like, I, how am I going to know these things? Yeah. Don't worry. God Almighty is 
He's making it happen. Yeah. The know. sovereign almighty God who created all things has designed all of creation, all of the future, has planned out all that stuff. Is this, he, the guy who's proven he can get what he wants wants you to know him. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a sense, and it's working there. This, the deck is stacked in your favor, even though it doesn't feel that way. Again, it might seem difficult, but for instance, grabbing one thing, like, well, not be, it could be this text. And just think, it about, think on it for weeks if you need to. I would probably suggest maybe still do your reading, like still read other oh, stuff yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, of course. Feel free. I, if I want to get something, I'm kind of a, what are all the approaches? Like I'll take value from wherever I can get it. Um, but make sure you are getting value somewhere. So whatever the approach, be thinking, how can I do this? And here's, uh, I was talking to someone about this last week. The world is a terrible place that is always trying to find ways to be really good at sinning. I mean, that is the world we live in. That might sound, di- sound diabolical, but I would challenge you to prove differently. Um, it's proven that. But sometimes I wanna, if, I'm gonna use the things that it's gotten good at against it. We have learned this, not to say it's a skill because it's usually wrong, but it's so easy for us to read a line of text from somebody and make a complete judgment about their character, right? Like you can get canceled from making using the wrong adjective mm-hmm. in a post on social media now, right? Because we can all go, oh, I well, I know what they mean. This I, I read this guy's article. I know he's this or this or that or that. Well, first of all, you're probably wrong, but you are developing this kind of, oh, I'm paying attention to all these things. Like, pay attention to these right. things. Like when you read the text, go, oh, well, what? What does this mean about who God is? Maybe use some of that, of this analytical thing that maybe you're not using so well right now, but you're starting to go, well, what does that mean? What's the motivation, right? What is it behind the word that's there? Use it there in the Bible. That's how you should have always been reading it. Um, And he will tell you and he will inform you. And if you get to the point where you go, well, I don't know if I should draw this conclusion from this one text. There's a, a lot more text that inform your decision about that. That's where we do get mm-hmm. into making sure that we're taking a whole entire inclusive look at all of scripture. The point is, this might be, it might be difficult for you because maybe you haven't flexed those muscles or built up that skill set yet, but you don't have to stay that way. No, Nobody came out just all of a sudden being like, oh, I got this, mm-hmm. right? It took work like it does for everything else. Best news is this is the best thing to work at. Then nothing else is going to be as profitable as you doing this, which goes back to the idea of do not be conformed to this world. They're telling you don't do this. They're telling you this is too hard. Spend time on other things. They're liars. They're liars. The world's lying to you. This is the best thing you could possibly spend your time on. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking before uh, in the room next door about uh, the words of Christ mm. and from Luke 21. Mm, and, yes. And being on guard, yeah. um, not letting the carry, the worries of this life, like they will swallow us up yeah. Yeah. if we're not on guard. Yeah. So I mean, they some of the things to. that we're talking about, we do have to make um, proactive steps, right? This is not, hey, a triune God is revealing himself to us. Yes, but you need to pick up your Bible this week yeah. and, and start reading it. So yeah. proactively being on guard because Christ is coming back. Yeah. And if we're not mindful of that, all, all the th- ways of this world, all the philosophies, all the thinking, all the worries of this life will swallow us up yep. and will dull our senses to the fact that this is not our home yeah. and that our Savior is coming back. Yeah. This, I think there's a cop out of where, uh, just, just, just fight this to where you go, okay, so now I got to do all these things. 
well, isn't grace, there's just free grace, right? Like, I, God, I didn't have to earn any of this. You don't, you're right. You can't earn any of it. But the idea of not working is, I don't want to use a strong word, but I, it's foolish. It's foolish. Everything you want in life, you work for. Mm-hmm. The reason that you wouldn't want to work for this is because you're just wrong about what's most valuable, right? So, and it also could be coming from a place of not the mercies of God. Oh, absolutely. Like going back to because of the mercies of God, yeah, it is worth it to me to cut out other things, yeah, to proactively make time for this. That's and that's part of the point Paul's making here is that you you're not going to lay down your life as a sacrifice to earn anything. Right? That's one of the weird things about using this metaphor is the sacrifice seemed to get you something. The sacrifice gets you not the thing that you thought you were going to get. Right? The, the salvation of your soul has been done for you. That sacrifice has been made. Mm-hmm. In several places, Paul's going to point out, that system is shut down. Matter of fact, even in this book he does. The point is, though, this sacrifice does get you something. It gets you what you were made for. It gets you, the, Christ is the restoration. That grace is that bringing us back from what we don't deserve. Mm-hmm. We, we, we ruined everything. Christ restores us. He reconciles us. And that work is finished. You're never going to earn that. You're not going to earn anything else. The Spirit's what's working in us when we're getting this next part. But as we lay down our lives, we get that good, pleasing relationship with the Lord that is incredibly fulfilling, um, that is going to bring you a type of joy that you don't even think is possible. If you're the person out there that's saying, this does not apply to me, this will not work, I have tried it. In Jesus' name, you're just wrong. I love you, please come talk to me. I would love to talk to you. I will I will partner with you to work through this. If you're a lady, me and my wife, we can partner with you to work through this. I just wanna, give me a chance to prove that, that doubting voice in your head wrong. All of us would be like that. We want to do that because there's truth behind here. So anyway, the point being, Thinking about this idea of living in view of the mercy that's already been done for you. Mm -hmm. You are going to win. That's not going away. But there is so much for you to be able to go out and get. And that's a good, good thing. The Lord wants you to go out and get him by laying down your life and enjoying who he is. Well, and the fuel and the energy for that, it then comes from a very very different different place. place. Yeah. If it's in light of the mercies of God, you realize I don't have to earn anything this week. Yeah. But I'm going to work at it hard. Oh, yeah. Because I get to know God. Yeah. And in thinking about His will compared to the world is good. Oh, yeah. And pleasing and perfect because it's from Him. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, as we dig into these things, I mean, we're I just thinking about Romans 1, mm. how easy it is to give up the glory, the, the joy of knowing God and his glory yeah. for the garbage of this world. Yeah. Yeah. And that garbage just, is enticing, right? Because I mean, yeah. that's why they gave up the, that's why they worship the creation more than the creator. The creation's appealing. Right. Right. But you've just, they've manipulated it. Right. Not I say they, we, right? Oh, Apart from the grace sure. of God, we do the exact same thing. What we did, it's been a great deal of portion of my life manipulating God's creation. Um, so it's just, realizing there's so much more. It is, I, I go out to dinner. I'm, I try to be fiscally responsible. So I look at the prices on the menu. But when I go to a buffet, like I don't, I'm eating. I, I got some skills in this category, y'all. So you get, you made the mistake of charging me $13 for all I could eat. You about to see a show. <laughs> it's a different kind of thing. And this is really where we're at. The price has been paid for you. 
in that buffet, it's endless. You gorge, right? On who God is. It's been done. You're not going to, you're not going to earn it. You can't do it. It's been done, but go in and enjoy. All right, go spend all your time at the dessert center. I don't care. Right. Get all the ice cream and brownies mm-hmm. you want. He's good. Um, so yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's something that's easy for us to forget. It's easy for us to feel bound down in it when we don't do it well. Right. And it's easy for me to maybe, how do I, how do I say this? I think sometimes people can say, well, it's easy for you in your life and the obviously the circumstances that are turning out for you to make you feel that way, which also you don't know my life. Right. So hold up. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe come talk to me about my story and I can tell you right. why I got this way. It wasn't all peaches and roses to get me to the point. Mm-hmm. to enjoying God's glory. Um, but I think what we do is because we want to be sensitive to people that struggle with that, we can go, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to turn down my joy a little bit because I don't want to make them feel bad. I get that. I get the desire to do that. But I wonder sometimes we're so quick to want to go down with a brother and then push him up from below where he is instead of reaching out the hand and pulling him up to where we are. And we go, oh, just you're going to make people feel like they can never get to where you are or experiencing what you are. Again, don't judge where the person is. But I think we need to say, no, there's a, there is real joy to be had because that's what the world's doing. The world's out there advertising everything. Well, buy this, do this, go to this place, get this car, date this person, do these things. It's great. And we're falling for that left and right mm-hmm. because we're living according to those things. I just want to say, look, I love Jesus and this is a great life and it's way better than life. So it's not a sales pitch, but I just want you to know this is available to you. I love where I'm at and we can all experience that. And it's not just me. Like I'm around brothers and sisters all the time and you, I just, you see the joy of Jesus on people. I, mean, I want that. That's right. Right. It's good, good stuff. So anyway. Yeah. You know, all so the we, things, all the things, all of it. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about, uh, this uh, thinking about being transformed, uh, not being conformed yeah. to the world. This isn't just a one part of your life deal. No. Right? So in your sermon, yeah. dealing with verse one, yeah. uh, you talk about presenting our bodies. Yeah. And, and you explain that this isn't just like, this is the totality of yeah. who you are. Yeah. Right? Um, and so maybe for a minute, flesh out for us, what does it mean to our whole selves? Yeah be devoted to who God is. Yeah. Like, is everything I go to have to be a Bible study? Yeah. Um, does everything have to start with a prayer? Like, flesh this out for us. Yeah, so there's a, um, well, since I probably want to do this from the pulpit, but I can, on the second helpings video, I can say it. When I think about this verse, I randomly think about Clint Eastwood. <laughs> it's gonna sound funny, but there's a movie he did later in life called, well, he's still with us, but um, Unforgiven right? as a cowboy movie. And there's a scene where, uh, there's some guy who's been talking like he's this big killer of a cowboy, you know, and he kills his first man and it's a big deal. And Clint Eastwood says something along the lines of, you know, ain't nothing like killing a man. You take away everything he's ever been, everything he's ever going to be. I don't know. That's morbid, right? That's terrible. That's true. Right. But it made me think about that's what happens when our life is done. It's the totality of that existence. Um, and I'm really good at compartmentalizing. Uh, I think a lot of us are. So we go, I'll give that part of a life for that. But when a life is gone, there's no compartmentalizing. It's all shut. It's all done. So when I think about Paul here, and he's talking about present your bodies, the totality of who you are, he's distinctly using this type of language. Because there's other places in the, in the New Testament in particular where we hear this, where uh, we talk about the heart, 
which is the seat mm-hmm. of the emotions. We talk about the mind, which Paul even does in here. I think there's reason for that. But it is literally every single aspect of who you are is to be laid down in view of the world, right? Laid down in the, in the worldly way and in view of God's mercies given over to him. So I'm talking about the way you drive your car, the way you brush your teeth, all those kind of things. Now, again, somebody might immediately hear, well, how do I do that in the name of Jesus, right? When you think about them, right? When you're brushing your teeth, you think about hygiene. You think about, Lord, thank you for these teeth that I've been given, the things I can do with them that help me to maybe not talk so weird, you know, now which this, is coming in the future. This is two weeks in a row. <laughs> Last week, you talked about brushing your teeth while eating Oreos. Oh, that's right. right? I did. What's going on with you? I don't know. Maybe it's time for a new toothbrush or something. <laughs> oh, uh, but all those little things that you do, and I, I drive people nuts with this, man. I, I, I get it. And I'm not saying you got to be this way, but... When I'm driving, I'm trying to think about the Lord. I'm trying to think about these things because I enjoy doing it. Um, now, that doesn't mean you for, you just, those little things, and then you forget about how you talk to your wife, right? Like that, that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, because I still have, I've only got one purpose. I'm trying to display God's glory so that I can enjoy the doing of it. So that does inform the way I'm working it when I'm at the grocery store buying groceries, and also when I'm in the kitchen, not helping my wife put them away. Now, do you think some of this, uh, the struggle for people, I mean, there's a, a lot of reasons, but I can just imagine someone hearing you say, what matters when you're driving your car, it matters when you're brushing your teeth, uh, matters when you're talking to your wife or your husband, all these different things, because so often those aren't done in view of the mercies of God. Yeah. Um, but then we think, oh, that's just a little task. That's yeah. just These are just things that I'm doing it's easy to miss the significance yeah. or easy to want to turn into, well, now now I've got to be super Christian and do everything. Yeah. Well, I would say, first of all, you don't have to do anything, right? I mean, or back, back to the word that Paul uses here when he says, this is, I don't want to get in the whole translation thing, but spiritual is a bad translation. I'm sorry. They shouldn't use that word. It doesn't convey the meaning. Paul says, this is your reasonable act of worship. You can do what you want. You... Look, when you brush your teeth, you're doing something. Maybe you're thinking about whatever, how many points your fantasy team got or who you should line up for your fantasy pitcher this week. Or maybe you're thinking about the last movie. You, you're, as far as I know, people aren't generally going around brain dead. You're doing something. Right. So I'm saying redeem it, right? Do, do it for something that's going to profit you more than the other. And you go, well, do I have to do that? No, you don't. You're just being unreasonable. I think that's that's one of the things I really wanted to get across the message that I, that I didn't have a way to bring about. And if I had maybe two or three parts, I would have done this. You can do whatever you want after Christ has given you salvation. That once that you are you have liberty to do whatever you want. I would just ask you: Are you being reasonable? Are you are are you living in view of the mercies of God, which is the only reasonable response you have? Are you just an unreasonable, unrational person? I am in a lot of ways. And I'm just trying to think, I, I want to live this life in a way that makes sense. I say that language harsh like that because nobody wants to be unreasonable, right? We all want to think of ourselves as being so rational and logical. Right. Well, I'm just saying maybe think about whether you're welcome to spend your life. Look, I'll get in trouble with this. You are welcome to spend your life wasting it on the internet. Or you can spend your life on the internet using it for God's glory. It's not the it's not the amount of time you spend on your device, your phone or your computer or whatever. It's what you're doing with the time. The same way you can sit in a room with your wife all night long and not talk to her because you guys are flipping through your phone. 
If you use that exact same time to honor the Lord and get into know one another, share God's revelation with one another, or you can waste it, right? You're, you have the liberty to do that. You have Christ's salvation is so strong that you can waste it in that sense, which is great. It's so sad. It's so, so sad. People have heard me say this before. It's like you got a Ferrari sitting in the garage and you never go out and get a speeding ticket. <laughs> I'm not endorsing speeding. But it's not, my point being, you want to get that thing out and let the ponies run, right? Like the, use the gifts that you've been given. Enjoy who the Lord is. Look, man, again, I, I, I just feel like people will very often hear that and they think it's a legalistic type of trip or I'm never going to do that. So why even try? Just give it a little bit of effort. And I, I think part of what people will find if you're doing this in view of God's mercies yeah. to you, the way you encounter your daily life changes. Yeah. And so the way you think about why would I drive the speed limit is different now. Mm-hmm. Not just, I just don't want to get a ticket. Yeah. You know, from a place of honoring the Lord. And I know it seems like a dumb example, but oh. all these little things, it, it, God is so, he says that the whole earth will be full of his glory. Why miss out on any moment of that? It's free money. Why miss out on that? <laughs> and so as we um, approach different things and do them, yes, it's a struggle. Good grief. Like, I listen, like you said, Come talk to us. Don't assume yes. whatever about our life. But You don't wake uh, up like this one day. Maybe some people do, but that's not the normal. You don't just go, oh, that was a really good message. All of a sudden, boom. Yeah, I'm right. St. Aquinas or something. Yeah. yeah. But as we really fight for um, living in light of who we are in Christ yeah. and, and God's unbelievable mercy to us, that changes the way we experience things. Yeah. And it changes the way we interact with one another. It changes where we find our satisfaction. Yeah. It changes the way we spend our time. Yeah. Um, and for the better. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. His will, His ways are perfect. Yeah. Because they're His. Yeah. Not because He went out somewhere and found the best of the best. Just because they're the is. best because it, from Him. Exactly right. And so, why, man, I just think how often we settle. Yeah for inferior things. Absolutely. That's sad. It's terribly sad. You've all had that experience in your life where you've seen somebody that you know they could have better. I have a lot of experience growing up with a lot of drug addicts, being around that, just the nature of where we lived and the environments we were in. And that's the overwhelming thing I'd hear from people all the time, like their loved ones. They'd be like, I, their life could just be so much. They're so smart. They're so talented. And they keep wasting on these drugs. I just feel like we do that in view of what we've got. You've got so much. God's given you so many mercies. There's so much for you to be able to enjoy wherever. Just just taste a little bit of it. I, I Just give a real practical, right? So nobody okay. can go away and say it's not practical. Go into Romans 12 and just start reading the rest of it. Read the rest of Romans 12 through, I think it's like the middle of 15 where he goes through, and just grab a couple of things from there. That's what Paul's doing there. He's, he's pointing out how to do this thing he just said. He's not being exhaustive, obviously, right. but he's kind of you know picking out some of these things, right? So you like Romans 12, 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Take that and think about that. Think about if you're being loving in the way that you're, I don't know, talking about the news. Right, you can, and that that could actually be really challenging. This pops off the top of my head, but uh, there's a lot of ways in which you can talk about something that's true, and you're not being loving. You're not seeking out. 
you're not doing it in view of the mercies of God. So do that one That's little right. thing. Yeah. And you're, you'll mess up 10, like 90% of it. You'll have 10% success. Mm-hmm. And you know, next time you might only have five, but you keep doing it. And you, before you know it, it, it becomes part of who you are. It changes the way that you... Right. So like I can imagine, you know, reading um, there verses nine and 10, if you read that without God's mercies in view... Oh, you're 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 oh. adding on weight to yourself of that is wait, not a lot. I, I have to love people without hypocrisy. Yeah, uh, that's not going to happen. Cannot do it. I have to detest what is evil. Yeah, I have to cling to what is good. I have to love other people yeah. deeply as brothers and sisters, and outdoing them and showing them honor. Yeah. I, how many words is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> Not much. seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> I, it's like less than 30 words. Uh, and all of that, I've just added weight upon that's weight. That's like a guilt weight, factor. Yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. it's in view of God's mercies. Because yeah. when that's the case, then that change, that totally changes the dynamic. Yeah. Again, you don't have to do this. You don't have to. Why wouldn't you? It's a, it's it's a totally different thing. That well, you can make this a heavy yoke, a heavy burden. Which Christ said, no, that's that's not the way I roll. That's not what I'm doing. That's a Pharisaical way of thinking about things. I've come that you may be able to do these things I, with me, with my support. You can be able to do these things and enjoy them. Whole whole entire different ball game, right? I tell you, one of the things when you're reading that, I thought to myself, there are changes that will come. Look, guys, what you're signing up for, I mean, Christ talked about considering the cost. Like, um, I thought in particular about how my view of comedy has changed. I think most of the friends that I grew up with would think I'm not as funny of a person as I used to be. Um, and the reason this comes up to me is because it's not because I went, that joke is now crass and dirty and no longer funny to me. I'm going to, I'm going to make myself think this something that used to be funny, like making fun of maybe somebody with a disability or something mm-hmm. like that, which sounds horrible. What do you think we do all the time? Oh, most comedy and most jokes are diminishing somebody mm-hmm. else. Right. Um, I didn't go, Oh, that shouldn't be funny. I'm not going to laugh at it anymore. As these things started becoming more valuable to me, those things weren't funny anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to force anything. That's right. I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to pursue my joy in Christ. So I don't go around going, Oh, no, I should have laughed at that. I have no inclination to laugh at some of those things. And some things I still do, you know? So it will change your life, but man, for the better. I I mean, infinitely better. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If you're living for the world and you're enjoying all of its pleasures and you think life is great, maybe you don't, maybe this doesn't matter to you. Um, It's going to fall apart. Like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not. Like, and it's not because it's me. It's because I believe this word to be true. And if you if you would go, well, my life, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's great. Man, we'll live for something else, right? Live for the glory that you've been designed to enjoy. Is it going to be hard? Yes. Are you thinking, I'm 85 years old. I'm sick right now. And how much longer I got? I ain't got time for this. Yes, you do. You got right now, mm-hmm. right? And that's worth it, right? Be, pursue your joy in who Christ is and who God is right now. Because there's nothing better you could be doing with your time. Oh. Yeah. Well, hey, man, it's good uh, chatting again two weeks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I just thinking about this conversation, the end of chapter 11, you know, the depth, oh, the riches, yeah, the man. wisdom and the knowledge of God. Like 
This is a conversation that we never, we could never finish. Never finish. Yeah. Because God is that amazing. He's the depth of who he is, is unsearchable, not, not unknowable, but just, we're not going to exhaust this kind of conversation. Yeah. But don't think you you have to arrive somewhere now that you're not going to be 10,000 years from now. All of eternity, we're going to be discovering the manifold, complex mercies and glory of God. So don't feel like you got to get all together now. But why not start hunting? Right. Why not start hunting right now? Right. Yeah. So yeah. All right. That's so good. that's the that's that's Eric giving me the hook. <laughs> we got other things to do. Um, actually, we got nothing better to do. We're probably going to turn off the cameras and keep talking about right. this. So that means there's more. If you want to be involved with it, come talk to us about it. But I want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode. Uh, again, as always, we're going to continue to say if you want to talk about these things, please follow up with us. We love this stuff. We would love to talk to you about it and love to be able to work with you so you can get further along in enjoying the great glory that God is pouring out and showing to you. So until next time, we hope to talk to you in the halls and conversations. But next week, we'll be here for another episode. Maybe, maybe we'll let Eric come back. Maybe we won't. We'll see what happens, right? So until next time, we'll talk to you later. You guys enjoy. Enjoy.